Hallelujah. God, we thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to uh, come and bless you, Father, to praise and worship your name in this place. And Father, my prayers as we move forward in this service, you continue to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us afresh, God. That God, just as what you're doing across this land, Father, do it here. Hallelujah. Father, I pray now that you spark just a revival. I pray now that you spark just a renewal. Father, I pray now that you spark a, a, a movement right here in the midst of our congregation. And God, do it like only you can. God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said amen. amen. I tell y'all what, God is good. And all the time, oh, y'all act like God did something for y'all. Y'all act like God made a way for y'all. Look, I said, you, you, got, you got to have a testimony to praise God. That I don't need anybody to prompt and prime me. I just need a thought back over my life. I just need a look back over my life and see all of the hills and the valleys and the, the troubles and the trials and the temptations that God has spared and brought me through. And for that, I promise you, I'm going to give God praise. I say, thank you, Jesus. God, I love you. Hallelujah. I got a question. Is there anybody excited and ready for the word of God? There is a word for us this morning. Coming from Luke, gospel according to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 25. As you get there, if you're willing and able, and you're not too mean or too rude, lift up on your feet as we dive into what God has to say to us this morning. Luke chapter 9, starting at verse 23, you'll find these words, And he, meaning Jesus, said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Somebody shout daily. And follow me. For whomsoever would save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for what my sake, the same shall save it. 25 will conclude our reading. For what is, what is a man advantage if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? Just for a few moments, I'm going to preach and teach from the thought, buy into it. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is doing something, but he's waiting on you to buy into it. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. As I look around, I see Miss Mary, I see, I see Miss Carol, I see, I see Deacon Ben in the back, and I see, I see all of our African um, theme and patterns and attire. I, honestly, I feel like James Brown. Y'all know James Brown, he wrote a song a few years ago and said, I'm black and I'm proud. Y'all know that song? He said, I'm going to say it aloud. I'm what? I'm black and I'm proud. And when I look at, at black history and all of the things that African Americans have accomplished and they have invented, I get happy. I get excited for us as black people. Specifically, when I see all of the great things that we as black people have accomplished through our various movements, I find inspirations. Um, because I have learned 
that the reason as to why historical African-American movements were so successful was because people bought into what was going on with all that they had. That they devoted their times, they devoted their talents, they devoted their treasures to the change that they wanted to see in America. You see, black folks, they took what was going on seriously and they actively participated and played their part in seeing the movement move forward. And I believe that this was not only the case for African Americans, but also the early church. Back in the book of Acts, the reason as to why the early church, they grew and they saw great revival was because the people bought into what God was presenting to them. They fully invested themselves into the word and the work of God. And I know Sam Cooke, he wrote a song a few years ago that say, a change is going to come. A change. I was born by the river in a little tent. Just like the river I've been running ever since. And he says, a change is going to come. But I must declare to you this morning, kingdom movement, that a change is here. I must declare to you that revival is here. I must declare to you that a kingdom movement is here. A kingdom takeover is here. Let me declare to you, kingdom movement, that now is our time. God is now doing something in the midst of us, but we have to buy into it. This is not just for us on a corporate and collective level, but also on a personal level. The keys to being debt-free are here today. The keys to provision and and the supernatural are here today. The healing for your family is here today. Success in our careers and our education is here today. The favor that we want to experience in our lives is here in the room today, but we just have to buy into it. God says, I'm putting everything that you need, all of the ingredients for you to move forward in your calling, everything that you need to move forward in your career. God says, I have it in the room today, but I need you to buy into it. We have to invest ourselves into it. It's just like this. Have you ever been on a a weight loss journey? Or if if you're like me, you're going to the gym because you're trying to get buff like Mike. Um, what What I've learned is that we don't lose weight And we don't gain muscles from passively hoping that it happens. But we literally have to buy into the process and the plan for the change we want to see. We have to show up to the gym day in and day out. Good God from Zion. We have to invest in getting the right foods in our bodies, even if it's not what we really want and we don't have a taste for. We have to make sure, look, we have to partner with our fitness trainer, good God from Zion, somebody who has expertise. Why? Because we know that things are not going to happen by themselves, but we have to buy into the process. And just as the weight won't disappear by itself, just as the muscles won't just grow in my sleep, good God from Zion, our communities are not going to get better by themselves. Our families are not going to grow closer by themselves. Our children are not going to come back to God by themselves. Our church is not going to grow by itself. But we have to buy into God's principles, buy into God's plan, God buy into God's procedure and what it takes to see what he has promised us. God says, I gave you the promise and now I'm giving you the tools, but now I need you to put in the work. God says, I'm giving you the revelation. I'm giving you the resources. I'm giving you the release that you need to make the life that that you that have called you to have. But now I'm waiting on you to buy into it. 
Hallelujah. I, I really believe that sometimes we come to church and we hear the preacher preach. We come to church and we see God move, good God from Zion, but we don't yet believe it for ourselves. We come in and we hear revelation. We come in and we hear by resources, but we're like, God, you can do it for them, but God, I don't know if you can do it for me. And God says, I'm just waiting to see if you will buy into what I'm saying for yourself. I'm waiting to see if you will believe it for your life. Hallelujah. Because guess what? When you buy into it, good God from Zion, God will bless you. When you put your faith to the test, God will bless you. When you try God for real, God will bless you. When you buy into praise and worship, God will bless you. When you try, you buy into lifting your hands and kneeling down on your feet, God will bless you. When you buy into reading God's word, God will bless you. Because when you buy into it, he has a plan to bring something in your life. Am I helping y'all? So God says, I'm waiting for you to buy into it. I put it, I put it before you. I, I, look, I told you what to do. I've given you the instructions. I've given you the impression in your heart. I've given you the vision. But now I'm waiting on you to buy into that vision. Look to somebody and say, buy into it. Buy into it. Go put your, Tell them, say, buy into it. What I love about our text is how it communicates that Jesus wanted more than just a moment with the disciples, he wanted a movement. I'm going to say that again. Jesus wanted more than just a moment with his disciples. He wanted a movement. Jesus didn't want just a moment, a one-time encounter that sparked inspiration, that sparked motivation, that got them hyped, got them happy. He didn't want this emotional response. No, he wanted a movement. He wanted not an emotional response, but a spiritual and life response. He wanted their experience, good God from Zion, to be affected by the encounter that they had with Jesus. He wanted them to do something that caused the disciples and the others to actively get with God. And I've declared to you this morning that God wants to release a revival in Coffeeville. I declare to you that God wants to release a revival and start a movement on the earth. But that revival, that movement, comes based on how we respond to divine moments of inspiration and outpouring. The question is, once, once, once you have a moment of inspiration, once you have a moment where you are touched by God, how are you going to respond to that? Because revival is not a one-time moment, but a continuous movement of change and development. I'm going to say that again. Revival is not a one-time moment. It's not just a one service, but it's a continuous, it continues each and every day movement of change and development. So the question this morning is, what are we doing with the revelations, with the resources, and the opportune releases of God into our lives? Are we really embracing and activating and applying those things to, to our lives? Or are we simply nonchalantly hearing what God is doing and forgetting about it later down the road? Oftentimes, we have to learn to take our moments with God. Hear me out. Take your moments with God and make it a movement. I'm going to say that again. Take your moments with God and make it a movement. One of the issues I found in the church today is that we have gotten so concerned about fostering a moment that we have pushed the movement to the side. I'm going to say that again. We've gotten so concerned about creating the perfect service, good God from Zion, that we have forgot to develop God's people. 
We've forgotten to develop the people. We have forgotten to develop our communities. And when we look at black history, when we look at black history, because we celebrate black history this month, and the movements, the civil rights movements, or the, 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 the voting movements, all of those movements, we see how the black church was actively involved. The black, the black church was not just about having a good service, but they were also about seeing social change. The black church wanted to see our communities looking better. He wanted to see black people, they wanted to see black people living in better houses. The black church, they wanted to see our kids prepared and positioned to experience the best. The black church wanted to see people educated and going out their careers. The black church in the civil rights movement, they were active. They wanted something for black people. And so my question today is where are we as a church now? Where are we as a church now? What are we doing as a church now? How are we caring for that move, that call, that purpose of the black church back in the 90s and the 80s and the 30s and the 40s and the 50s? How are we caring for that call as the black church? Because now it seems as if the black church is all about getting a service. Good God from Zion. Build up membership rather than the men. So as a black church, we got to get back on our post. Look to somebody and say, get back on your post. We have to get back on our post. If we are going to restore, y'all following me? If we're going to restore this heart of revival, if we're going to restore this movement that God wants to do in this earth, then we are going to have to change our focus from not just building up a churchy moment. I don't just want to have a churchy moment, but we got to find out how to build a movement. Let me say that again. We're not here. We don't come to church just to have a churchy moment, not just to have a good, a good, a good, a good service. No, we are trying to figure out how to build a movement. So how can we build something that others can get with that develop us as people? How can we build something that people can get with that draws them closer to God? How can we build something to teach people how to worship? You, sometimes you wonder why I do certain things in service. I'm doing it because I'm trying to make a movement in worship. How can we build and produce something that teaches others that education is important? How can we build something that others can get with that can develop us as people? Because the movement is a group of people working together to advance and promote some form of idea. A movement is a group of people working together to advance and promote some form of idea. The Civil Rights Movement, it was formed to promote fairness and equality for African Americans. Let me say this, the Kingdom Movement has been formed to promote Jesus and all things that pertain to him and his people. I'm going to say that again. The kingdom movement has been formed to promote Jesus and all of the things that pertain to him and his people. And the best way to picture building a movement is finding ways to make God and living for him a trend. Somebody shout trend. Well, trend is something that everybody do. Everybody gets with. Everybody finds fascination and enjoy me. And if we want to build a movement, we have to find a way to make God and living for him a trend. How do we as Christians, as a church, how do we make God and living for him popular? How do we make God and living for him a big thing? We do it on social media. We do it in our conversations. We do it in how we prioritize church and serving in a ministry. We do it in how we encourage others to come to church and know God. 
We do it in how we share with others what God is doing in our lives. We do it by starting something that people can consistently connect with God and other believers through. So we're not just treating and talking about how living for God is a normal thing. No, living for God is a big thing. It's a big thing. It's a big thing. God is a big deal. God is a big thing. And if we are going to build a kingdom movement, then we are going to have to, we have to make everything about God a big thing and a big deal. I'm going to say that again. If we are going to build a kingdom movement, we have to make sure that we build, that we make everything about God a big thing and a big deal. I have learned that God is pouring out his spirit, hallelujah, and his strategies in this season onto those who really want him. God is pouring out his spirit and his favor over the ones that are really willing to buy into what he's doing and presenting in his word. God is pouring out his spirit on those who are willing to do everything that they have to make him and living for him a trend and popular. So my question for you this morning is how are you helping to make God a big thing and a big deal? Ask yourself that question. How are you helping to make God a big thing and a big deal? In your culture, in your family, how are you helping to make God a big thing and a big deal? In your friend group, how are you helping to make God and coming to church and knowing and reading his word, worshiping, how are you making that a big thing and a big deal? At your school, how are you helping to make God a big thing and a big deal? In your community, how are you helping to make God a big thing and a big deal? In your household, how are you helping to make God a big thing and a big deal? Because if we are going to build a movement like God has called us to build a movement, then we have to learn to make him a big thing and a big deal. Am I making sense to y'all this morning? I hope I'm helping y'all. So to buy into this movement, to make God a big thing and a big deal, I have learned this. You have to be fit. Everybody shout fit. You have to be fit. Fit, it means being faithful. It means being intentional. And it means being teachable. Fit means being faithful. Everybody shout faithful. It means being intentional. It means being teachable. Let's do it again. Faith means being faithful. Y'all scream it. Faithful, intentional, and teachable. We're going to do it again. Faith means, fit means being faithful, intentional, and teachable. So let's deal with it. It's in our text. First, you got to learn how to be faithful. The, Jesus says, he says, if any man come after me, he must first what? Deny, let, deny himself. Let him deny himself. Being faithful is being loyal to the greater vision and the greater mission more than anything else. Being faithful is making kingdom movement our top priority. Let me say that again. Being faithful is making kingdom movement our top priorities. Matthew 6 and 33, he says, but seek you what? First, the what? Kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things shall be added unto you. So making the kingdom, kingdom movement a top priority is our first step to being fit. And if you think I'm still talking about just making our church a priority, then you missed the whole point about what it means to be a movement. But we are to be faithful to the kingdom movement. During the civil rights movement, black people, they were forever faithful to the cause. They put the cause and the change that they wanted to see over themselves. 
when they could have been doing something for their personal gain, they denied themselves of it, and they were more devoted to showing up for the movement. For example, black folks, they, you know black folks can cook. Black folks could have easily cooked at the house, but instead, no, they denied themselves of that comfort to go be humiliated and spit on and, and push in sit-ins at restaurants. Why? Because they were committed and they were faithful to the movement. Black people, they could have just let their leaders do all of the major works and the walks, but no, they refused themselves of that comfort. No, and they went out, they rallied together, they went to march, they went to go, and they went to protest alongside their leaders. Another thing about announcements, black people, black folks, they could have easily waited until the word got around about what the next event was going to be. But no, they showed up and they showed up to the church. They packed out the church win every meeting. Why? Because they were faithful to the cause. They were faithful to the movement. Even though they weren't getting the attention, nobody was going to do their name. They knew that their actions, good God from Zion, was building momentum for the movement. They knew that it wasn't about themselves, but it was about the movement. So they did whatever it took to show up. And when it comes to us buying into what God is doing, we are going to have to learn to live in denial. We are going to have to learn to live in denial. Live in denial of not of your reality, but of yourself. Having the mindset that it's not about me, but it's about what God is doing. It's not about what I want. But it's about what God is doing. Furthermore, this means that we are going to have to divorce our preferences, divorce our conveniences, and marry the movement. I'm going to say it again. Divorce your preferences, divorce your conveniences, and marry the movement. Because too often, we only want to show up for God when it's convenient for us. We only want to invest and respond to things when it fits our taste. We only want to get with worship when they're singing the song we like. We only want to um, get with the preacher when it's the preacher we like. No, but when you are concerned about the movement, rather than your preference and your convenience, you're willing to get with what God is doing. For example, I, I shared this with a Bible class a few weeks ago. For example, every morning I wake up and I pray for like 30 to 45 minutes at 6 a.m. And one day I had someone ask me, Kylan, why don't you just push that time back and do it when you get in dress for your day? Because it's still the same thing. You're still talking to God. God can still talk to you. God can still do all of that. And my response as to why I couldn't shift my time was because if I did shift my time, it wouldn't cost me anything to do it. I wasn't going to have to sacrifice anything to do it. And let me tell you this, building a movement, building what God wants us to have is going to cost us our convenience. It's going to cost us some time. It's going to cost us some sleep. It's going to cost us some money. But if we are going to see the movement take place, we are going to be faithful to paying the cost, good God from Zion, and putting ourselves out of convenience to show up for our divine moment. I hope I'm making sense. So the first thing you have to do is what? Be faithful. You got to willing to pay the cost. Deny yourself. Next thing you got to do is be intentional. Somebody shout intentional. Shout intentional for somebody to wake up. Jesus says, he says, not only let him deny himself, but he says, take up his cross when? Daily. Somebody shout daily. I want you to pay attention to this word daily. The word speaks to a commitment that is being renewed every morning. That every day we have to wake up with the mindset that we are going to take up our cross. Every morning I'm taking up my cross. The cross, it represented Jesus' assignment, the part in the plan and the movement of God. 
And if we're going to build a movement, we must be willing to submit and serve God on purpose. Let me say that again. If you want to be part of the movement, you're going to have to do it on purpose. You're going to have to pray on purpose. You're going to have to show up on purpose. You're going to have to forgive people when on purpose. You're going to have to love people when on purpose. You have to do it on purpose. I want to remind us and refresh our memory on the message from Bible class. And it was that spiritual growth will not happen accidentally, but it must be done intentionally. Spiritual growth is not going to happen accidentally, but it must be done when? Intentionally. We will not wake up and say that we accidentally prayed and read God's word. We will not be able to say that we accidentally made time to show love to somebody. We will not be able to say that we accidentally forgave someone. No, but we have to learn to be intentional about it. Because here's one of the hard truths that I have learned and that we have to accept when, when we really want to see progress that is sustained is that there's no, cheat, there's no cheat days and there's no shortcuts to getting what God has promised. I'm going to say that again. There's no cheat days. There's no shortcuts. I wish it was to get what God has promised. Because anything that has been achieved through shortcuts will sooner or later be short-lived. Anything achieved through shortcuts will be short-lived. But carrying our cross is going to require us to put forth effort and our best effort and to take our time. So, let me put it to you this way, making it practical. Being intentional is putting it on your schedule. If you want to be intentional, every day you need to plan and put it on your schedule. Every day we must be putting something on our schedule that pulls us closer to God, something that promotes God, or something that blesses God's people. Every day, you need to put it on your schedule. Okay, at this time, I'm going to do this. At this time, I'm going to call this person, and I'm going to encourage them. At this time, I'm going to, to, I'm going to go to the store and buy, buy this, and I'm going to take it to this person. You have to learn to put it in your schedule. Being intentional is planning to do something every day or whatever time that it presents itself. I hope I'm making sense. All right, I'm moving on because somebody said, Kyle, and you, I, I, I'm ready to go. Uh, being faithful... Being intentional, but also you got to learn how to be what? Teachable. Somebody shout teachable. teachable. Jesus said, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross. And the last one he says was what? Follow me. The word follow comes from the Greek word that translates to be a student. And we are all familiar with what students do in school. They attend class and they sit under a professor to learn a craft, to learn a skill, or to learn an expertise so that they themselves may be developed and operate in excellence. Jesus calls us to follow him so that he can activate us in the same power, the same influence, the same abilities that he walked in. So as you grow closer to Jesus, good God from Zion, you will begin to see Jesus show up in you. So now, now, hear me out. Jesus is no longer with us physically, but yet he has given us his word and his gifts to the body of Christ. God's word teaches us that all of the experiences and the testimonies that have been recorded in his word are examples of how to walk in God's will for our lives. Hear me out. When we, when we sit before God to get revelation, we are sitting before our God to, let, to one, one, learn information about who he is, and then two, learn instructions on what we should be doing. 
that when every day when you read God's word, I'm, I'm asking God, God, show me something else about who you are. God, show me something else about your love. God, show me something else about your presence. God, show me something else about your spirit. God, show me something else about your people. God, show me something else about who you are. And then God, give me something to do. So not only this, not only do we have God's word, but we also have the gifts of God to the body of Christ to help us build us up as a church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, he says that Jesus had given gifts to the church, to some apostles, to some prophets, to some pastors, to some teachers, some evangelists, what? To the perfecting of the body of Christ until Jesus returned. God has given us apostles, he's given us prophets, he's given us pastors, he's given us teachers and evangelists, good God from Zion, to help teach us his ways and how to literally build a movement. I was just telling somebody this um, this past week that it is important for us to have a pastor. It is important for us to have a pastor. We, need, we all need somebody that we can call, we can connect with, and we go to for spiritual nourishment and wisdom. And as your pastor of Kingdom Movement, I'm here to be your life coach. I'm, I must say, I'm here to help you get through, get, help you get in position. I'm here to push you. I'm here to support you. I'm here to prophesy to you. I'm here to counsel you. I'm here to get you connected to the resources to make you successful. I'm here to guide you through your walk in this life. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to be a listening ear. But I can only do as much as you let me. Kingdom movement, I can only do as much as you let me. I can only help you as much as you give me access to and awareness to in your life. And for many of you under the sound of my voice, I have only been your preacher and not your pastor. I have only been your preacher, someone that you heard every Sunday. He, preach, he preaches good. He, he got a good word. And I come to the Bible study and I hear me. He, he gives me a good word, but I'm not your pastor. We haven't talked about goals. We haven't talked about your struggles. We haven't talked about your gifts. We haven't talked about your family. We haven't talked about your story. We haven't talked about ways I can support and pray for you. We haven't, you have not allowed me to be your pastor yet. And my, my, my request, Kingdom Movement, is for you to allow me to, make the, allow me to make this announcement that I am here and I'm available to you. I'm here to see you grow in your gifts. I'm here to see you grow in your callings. I'm here. I'm here to support you. I'm here, I'm here for, Pastor, guess what? This is what happened in my day today. Look, I'm here to celebrate with you. I'm here to cry with you. I'm here to walk with you in your life, but you have to first allow me to. I'm here to, when you don't have anyone else to call, because you know I can't call my mama right now, I can't call my daddy. Pastor, I really need, I really need somebody to talk to. If you, I'm feel free to call my line. Yeah. Look, if, if you text me, call me. I'm, and I don't respond, call me, because I be, I be going so many places at so many times. But I am here to hear, I'm here to be a listening ear. I'm here to support you. I, if you need help working through something, I promise you I'm not, I will not judge you. I promise you I won't, I won't take your business to the street, but no, I'm here to be with you. I'm here to not just be your preacher. I'm, not, I'm here not just to get more people in our church, but no, I'm here to be your pastor. And the only way I can be your pastor is if we connect. So what I did was, I, I really don't, I haven't updated my, my, my cards yet, but this morning I, I was, I brought some of my cards and I placed them in the back 
on that back table. And if you don't have my number, if you're like, Pastor, I need to connect with you, I want you to grab my car. It's right there on the back, back there on the back table, right on the side of the, um, right there by the door. Grab it, call me, text me. If you want, you need, you need to tell somebody some good news, I promise you, you can text me, you can call me. I'm like, Pastor, this is what happened. I'm like, look, look at God. I'm here to celebrate with you. But you first have to allow me to. I'm here not just to preach to you every Sunday, but I'm here to do life with you throughout your week. I'm here to do life with, life with you. I'm here to teach you. I'm here to, 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 to develop you. I'm here to pour into you. But you have to first get in position. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to pour, but you have to first let me. It doesn't make sense. So you got to be faithful. You have to be intentional. And you have to be what? Teachable. And look, I've been having some tough conversations with some people lately. It was, it was just, just Monday. It was crazy. My friend called me out the blue, and she FaceTimed me, and she was like, what's the word, what's, what, what is the Lord saying to me? I said, my Lord. And my friends, they love to do that all the time. They were like, Kyla, what's the, what's the word of the Lord? And so I was like, if my friends can do it, my church can do it. And so... And so if you need wisdom, if you need a word, if you need guidance, if you need help, I promise you I'm here. You just got to call and let me know. Yeah. I'm human just like everybody else. Lord knows I'm, I, Lord knows I'm prophetic, but I don't pick up on everything. So you have to first let me in. Amen. Praise God. So I'm getting ready to go. The best thing we can do for ourselves, our families, and the world around us is to lose ourselves in the movement. Whatever you do, lose yourself in the movement. We should be so consumed and committed to the movement that people start saying, you're acting different. That you should be so consumed in making Jesus popular that people have something to say. And let me tell you this, people may leave, opportunities may leave, but God gives us the reassurance in our text that when it looks as if we are losing our lives, when we are losing, when things are being totally different as we know it because of his namesake, when you're losing it because of the movement, we are actually saving it. Well, every time that we invest in the movement here, we are securing our place in glory. Every time that you invest in the movement here, every time that you be faithful and you show up, every time you be intentional, every time you, you be teachable, every time you do that, you are securing your place in glory. That when we buy into a company, watch this, you know how companies, Walmart and Kroger and Apple, when you buy into a company, when you buy into a share, you expect a return or a reward. And I need to tell somebody today that your reward is coming. Hallelujah. For all of your faithfulness, your intentionality, you being teachable, your reward is coming. Even when people are talking about you, talking about you because you're walking in what God told you to do, your reward is coming. Even when you're serving and it doesn't seem like nobody is noticing, let me tell you your reward is coming. Even when you're doing what God told you to do and it seems as if all hell is still breaking loose, I'm coming to tell somebody that your reward is coming. Even when you try to take a step forward and the enemy shows up and pushes you back, I come to tell you that your reward is coming. I don't know who needs to hear that, but your reward is coming. Payday is coming after a while. Payday is coming after a while. Harvest is coming after a while. But here's the thing. You cannot expect harvest if you have no seed in the ground. You can't expect a reward if you have not been fit, if you have not been faithful, if you have not been intentional, if you have not been teachable. You can't expect a reward 
Because Jesus says, he says, to the ones who have been faithful even unto death, to the point of death, he says, I have given you a crown of life. I've given you a crown of life. So what's the point of securing the bag? What's the point of securing the bag if you're going to still be broken? What is the, support, the, the point of having the perfect job and you're still going to be unhappy? What is the, what's the point of having all of the money in, in the bank and you still, your family still falling apart? What's, what's the point of coming to church, having a good time, but your soul is still far away from God? What's the point of gaining the whole world and still losing your soul? What's the point? What's the point? And so in order to avoid losing our souls, we got to learn to buy into what God is doing. You got to learn to be faithful. You got to learn to be intentional. And you got to learn to be teachable. I hope I make sense. I hope I'm making sense. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you, Father, to lift you up in this place. God, thank you for your word and the strategies that you are giving to us in this moment to be fit, to buy into what you're doing. And Father, my prayer is that you strengthen us like never before, Father, to be faithful, Father, to show up for you every time that you the opportunity presents itself. Father, to show up for you every time that you call us, Father, to show up for you in our gifts, Father, to show up for you in our time. God, to show up for you in our, our time and our treasures. God, show up for you in every way we can. God, I pray now that you give us a heart to be intentional. God, help us give us a heart to intentionally to live out your will, to intentionally seek your face, God, to intentionally to put our hands to the plow so that we can see your glory. God, I pray that you help us to be teachable in this hour. God, I pray now that you bring us together and closer as a church. Father, for your glory, do it in this place. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. Everybody said amen. So whatever you do in this hour, God needs you to buy into it. I promise you, everything that God wants to do, the transformation, the, the change that God wants to bring to Coffeeville, Grenada, Water Valley, Oxford, is in the room today. But he's waiting for you to buy into it. He's waiting for you to say, God, yes, I'm available. He's waiting for you to say, God, yes, I'm here and I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do.